Hello, welcome to Recapping with Delora and Ashley. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Recapping Podcast. Also, comment, rate, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. We're on all the things. We would love to hear your ratings of the movies and shows we review. Email us your audio file to recappingpodcast at gmail.com and we will play it during the show. Or DM us on Instagram and we will post and read it on air. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Hello, Ashley. Hello, hello, my friend. Ooh, should I say top of the morning to you? Or <laughs> how you doing, Pop It? I don't know. Um, it, I have never been there. You have. So you tell me what the appropriate verbiage is. <laughs> cheerio, love. <laughs> okay, I get with Cheerio. Cheerio. That was probably horrible. Apologies. <laughs> y'all, y'all. <laughs> I love fish and chips, so there you go. <laughs> Girl, don't eat them there. You Do told not. me that. When I was over there, I was like, yes, I'm going to get the fish and chips. I'm going to even try that vinegar situation you're supposed to put on top, too. Girl, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> I'm going to guess uh, it didn't have much seasoning. Correct. Yeah. And everyone who, you know, was from there, they're like, get the Indian food. So... The more you know. That's why go. they left and tried to colonize. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. Go ahead, Laura. Ashley, we are recapping the blockbuster Netflix original docuseries, Harry and Megan, rated MA. There are six episodes. Here's a quick summary. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle share details about their high-profile love story, including their early courtship and the challenges that led to their retreat from life as working royals, with commentary from friends, family, and historians. We've had some really great commentators throughout the docuseries, but I'm just going to go ahead and highlight the directors. We have Liz Garbus and Erica Sashin. First episode premiered December 8th, the final one December 15th. Let's talk about these ratings, shall we? Ron Tomatoes, critics gave it 42%, audience score 18%. As far as Google users, I couldn't find any data on that, surprisingly. And before I ask you for your grade, Ashley, it is worth noting that. And this is from The Hollywood Reporter. Harry and Meghan amass 1.69 billion minutes of viewing time in the United States the week of December 12th through the 18th. That's up from the 1.27 billion minutes gained of 34% from its premiere week. Netflix all-time history. Wednesday is number one. Harry and Meghan is number two. So... I say all that to say a lot of people have watched this show and the ratings are pretty rough. Is there some hateration in there? I'd say yes. Don't know how accurate it is for reality, but there does seem, and we'll get into this, to be a sentiment of like, well, y'all just go away already. Yes. 
So that's where I think some of it comes from. Ashley, what's your grade for Harry and Megan? It's really hard for me to decide on a grade for this because, I mean, it is these individuals telling their side of version of events. I ended up giving it a B because I watched it. I really enjoyed seeing and hearing about their relationship directly from them and how they fell in love. I I really like felt the emotions of it, hearing some of it. But I think I gauged it kind of against my reaction to the Oprah interview. And there was just nothing that blew my mind. So that's why I didn't get like an A. Like it was enjoyable, but there was nothing. There was no real new information or at least earth shattering information. Now, granted, I also just listened to Harry's spare audiobooks. My fist pop my audiobook cherry, this book. Did you so, finish? Yeah, girl. I started, I download, I started it. On a Friday at like four o'clock, I was finished by Monday morning. Ashley, you better than me. I couldn't get through the war. I'm I, I kind of glazed over on the war part because I'm like, where's Megan? Like, <laughs> he definitely touched way more on his service than I expected. I will say that for sure. I think there were moments in the book that kept me though. Like, I struggle with anxiety him talking about his battles with anxiety and yes. how he's coped with that. I found interesting. So even some of the details about his family, like his relationship yes. with the Margaret. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. So there were some things that kept me. And then just in general, being able to hear it in his own voice, which I was think I really do like audiobooks for adore, that door. Yeah. door. It was pitch perfect i yeah. love hearing his voice even how his, story in his voice even how his tone changed in certain sections i was like oh yes. your voice just got way different yep in the booth with this portion of your story so i think it's a it's a collaboration now between that too because i'm like wait what did i remember and hear from the book versus from the docuseries so again overall i think for me it's a b what about for you I gave this series, and to your point, it is very difficult to like rate a series based off of people's lives, especially because they were so hands-on on this particular project yeah. due to them being silent or silenced <laughs> for the majority of the relationship. But I went ahead and gave it an A because when it comes to documentaries, it was, it was, how can I put this? It was a little bit more meat on the bone compared to a Beyonce documentary <laughs> <laughs> well if that's the comparison yes you're gonna with a Beyonce documentary you're gonna get the same video she's been showing of her childhood you're gonna get small tidbits of her creative process and you're gonna get a glimpse of her family and that's about it and that's how that cookie crumbles um I really did enjoy the never before seen pictures and videos of them and their family and their relationship it was, it was very lovely it yeah, was it was, it was lovely <laughs> if you don't do anything else you know come for the candidates <laughs> for this documentary they even start to look alike over a period of time to me i was like damn Y'all starting to have the same so? face. Yeah, it's something like the in the nose and eye shapes. Yeah. It's like very similar to me. And I was like, oh my God. I get the whole thing about when a couple's been around each other for a while, they start to look alike because <laughs> y'all really look alike to me now. Anyway. Yeah, and it doesn't matter about race because I can tell you, I've experienced that a couple of times. 
spoiler alert. Although, is it really spoiler alert, Ashley? No. <laughs> Anything you need to know is already on the internet. So no, there's no, not possible. Harry and Meghan, as I mentioned, this you series covers the couple's love story. I like to divide this series into categories of like love story, wedding, British history and reception to Meghan, family dynamics, and my favorite title, Runaway Love, named after <laughs> Mary J. Blige. I heard it in my head as soon as you said it. I heard it in my head. Runaway love. All right, so let's go ahead and get started with episode one. As Harry shares the impact of his childhood in the public eye, he and Megan reflect on the secret early days of their unexpected romance. In this first episode, we see that Megan is an independent single woman who is doing her own thing. She wanted to go on trips because she has the time and the money for it because, you know, why not? She has a friend who so happened to be friends with the Prince of England. Let's talk about this really quick. Meghan Markle got the most eligible bachelor, quote unquote, in the entire world. Like, I think that's part of the hate she gets. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I was thinking during this scene, too? I need my friends to post me more on their Instagram stories. Clearly, Clearly. widen my dating pool, people. Who would have thought? Touche, friend. Touche. He knew she was it from a snap (laughs) picture with dog ears and a tongue, Ashley. He didn't even fall for the thirst traps. Right. Because she doesn't even seem like she's probably the type who really posts thirst traps. Maybe a no, red carpet moment. Give you a hair moment. Yeah. Or, you know. Red carpet moment. But no, she's you're not going to find her in thirst traps. I couldn't see it. I don't even think I've ever seen her in a bikini publicized anywhere. Now I think about it. I don't feel like I have either. Yeah. They go on back-to-back dates, which was lovely and adorable but i need to ask you would you wait for a date after 30 minutes of waiting for him yeah in this case because he seemed really communicative throughout him being late like at least letting her know hey i'm so sorry i'm running late it's traffic it's traffic it's traffic the funniest thing to me and again i can't remember i think he said it during in his audiobook was when she was like why can't you just get out like ma'am do you not know who this (laughs) man is He can't just get out and run in traffic. This is Prince freaking Harry. So things like that were kind of comical about this meet cute, essentially. But yeah, I think with him, he seemed so sincere. He was so sincere. Yeah, I think it's worth. he was worth the wait. They connect instantly. They take a trip to Botswana. No cell phones, no bathrooms, no mirrors for almost a whole week. All she said was, we really liked each other. Ashley, could you do this? I hope so. But the no bathrooms thing gets me. Because I'm like, what were y'all smelling like? What was the BO? That is what I am saying. Like, this is where the pheromones come into place. Like, does that just overcompensate funk? You're talking about you're in an African country in a tent in the middle of nowhere. Now, those star situation would be like, bangers right like yeah (laughs) yeah i would probably definitely be stargazing for sure but with that said there could be cheetahs elephants 
lions and tigers and bears oh my exactly i mean the great thing is he had had so much experience already in Botswana. she was very well traveled so i don't think they were there was any fear of that sort of thing but for sure being cramped with someone that you've only been out with twice for five days it's gonna make or break y'all little courtship real quick so I had anxiety going on a freaking road trip from Michigan to Florida with my then boyfriend, let alone being in the middle of somewhere, (laughs) nowhere in a tent. Wow. Wow. Kudos, Megan. Kudos. (laughs) I would have went, though, for sure, for the sheer adventure of being asked to go. But when he, I think in his book said, I was thinking she was going to bring out all this stuff, like, you know, because, you know, being more high maintenance and all she had was like a pair of jeans, a pair of shorts. Yes. And so that's where he, me and him would have a disconnect because I would add stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, Harry, I wouldn't have been the one because, oh, no. <laughs> I want to also mention Megan has infamously claimed that she had never Googled him. And that she only looked at his Instagram. Do you believe her? And is it possible to not Google someone in today's dating environment? Maybe it is for her. I can't imagine it. Especially again, this is not just your everyday dude. I Google everyday dudes, let alone. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You, about, you don't want to just. I think her explanation of saying, and again, she is a actress her explanation was saying she didn't want to because she didn't want to get other people's perceptions of him she wanted to see the way he portrays himself and you get that via his own social media that clicked for me because maybe when you're in the public eye you feel that sort of way you know but as a regular joe schmo it sounds absurd i agree yeah her statement on that made a lot of sense for me as well In this first episode, they start talking about the problematic relationship between the royals and the press, and they highlight Harry's growing up and his mother's struggles in an eventual death. We're going to do a little bit of hopscotch in here. As I mentioned, I was able to get through the first full section of the book. I really did try, but that the war section was very hard. All we <laughs> talked about was looking at monitors with nothing going on in sand. And I'm just like, where's Megan? Where is the where's the escape? In <laughs> section three. Yeah. And I didn't want to skip. I should have skipped, but yep. I didn't want to skip. Mm-hmm. But my first impressions on his childhood is that. After his mom was gone, he had no one. The fact that I was under the assumption he had a close relationship with his brother, but apparently he did not. Yeah, I was not surprised to hear some of the revelations about his relationship with his brother being, you know, sibling rivalry. And obviously that gets turned up a notch when you're royalty, apparently. But it was still sad, especially because like, there's times when they were in school and you just want to pretend like you don't know me you want to act like we're strangers but you're literally the spare in all things Ashley including body parts it's a mindset that I can't really grasp and I think he even mentioned that he doesn't think too deeply about it because it just is what it is But I definitely think there was a longing from him for more substantial connection within his family relationships. Even when he spoke about his father and the fact that his father 
because he was an older dad, was not necessarily the most loving or available to them to do a lot of things when they were younger. Yeah, I mean, I sense that there's more formality within that family, but to what extent you've never actually known until we heard it, heard it directly from him. And I'm the sorry, guys, that, that I'm skipping back and forth between the documentary and his book. I'm just, again, it's all jumbled I in wanted, my head now. I wanted to like fill it in just a little bit because with it's one thing to watch this series and it's another thing to read the book. And honestly, frankly, I was scared that it was going to be a lot of the same things, but there were tidbits there was enough information for both things. And I was really, there was was a lot to get from the book. I was very relieved for that because one of the questions I have for you, and I'm just going to go ahead and ask you is, it's like, is this too much too soon? Like, I know they were very adamant about getting their side of the story out for the world because frankly, the British media has been framing everything about their lives for the last, what, five years, right? No comment was the the stance of the day having the series come out in december and having this number one best-selling non-fiction book of all time come out just literally a month later is it now the best-selling of all time girl yes jesus it sold over a million books in 24 hours looking at cnn prince harry set a record with his tell-all memoir spare after the english language version sold more than 1.4 million copies in its first day of publication wow well for all the haters they making that money baby so if your question is is it too much too soon that's really up to them i but it it is for us though because we're consuming it right i I totally get what you're saying i think the way i look at it though because maybe too i don't inundate myself with it unless I choose to I didn't have to watch the doc I didn't have to read the books I can avoid as much of it as I want to so is it too much too soon for me no the reason why I say is it for them because I always still think about the financial implications of their lives now how much it costs for them to have their own private security how much it costs for them to keep themselves and their family safe yes and if they need to continue to churn out content to pay the bills well fuck it Turn out that content, baby, and let the chips fall where they may. Because th- that's one of the biggest takeaways from this series for me. Yes. That's yes. some scary stuff. Girl, well said. I feel like in this first episode, when they cover Harry's life, some of my takeaways is that he was a, a lost young man trying to find his way after a devastating loss of his mother. And I loved how they showed him making mistakes, but they also showed him really getting into his volunteer bag, so to speak, <laughs> you know, in honor of his mother. And you can tell this is within him as well. It also helps explain his down to earth nature as well. Like obviously it's remnants of his mother, but through his volunteer work and through his time in the army, he, you know, he's a man of the people, Ashley. He also got to experience more of what it's like to live a more normal existence when he's outside of the bubble of his duties and his family and people who don't want to hug you. You know what I'm saying? Like you get. <laughs> Girl, that's what I was going to get at. Like his own grandmammy don't hug people. No wonder they were in up in arms with Michelle Obama pet her on the back. <laughs> there was a point again in his book where he mentioned that his how, how his father's childhood was and the fact that 
when she left for a period of time and came back home, she only shook his hand. It's the, he had a ratty teddy bear that he carried around even in his adulthood from his, from his childhood to be a symbol, a symbol of the lack of affection, so to speak in his own household. That Harry, we love you. I love you. <laughs> you can always come to the cookout, sir. Let's go ahead and get into this episode two. In 2016, Harry and Megan relationship becomes public. Scrutiny begins. Megan remembers school, family life, acting, and activism before Harry. So I like to consider this Megan's episode, right? You get a lot of her growing up. She's a California girl through and through, Ashley. She mentioned this on her award-winning, super popular podcast, Archetypes, that she was the smart one growing up. She wasn't necessarily the the pretty girl. The biggest takeaway for me, for her growing up, you know, she comes from a divorced family. Friends are really big in her life, but it wasn't until the scrutiny from the British press about, as Prince Harry's statement called, the racial undertones of what they were writing about her quote-unquote exotic blood and coming straight out of Compton that she said that she had never been treated as a black woman yeah I remember that being a big headline too when she mentioned it I honestly appreciated the transparency though because as someone who is biracial and is a white white passing person who is biracial yes she is white passing for that's sure. an experience that i don't often get to hear about so i did that's appreciate true. the honesty and even from her mother saying i guess had i known that this is what would have happened i would have had that talk with her i would have better prepared her for this possibility because i think she also realized her mother also realized that she was in a different position than she was yes in society and that she was therefore treated differently i still have a hard time with that though i love megan's mom and yes megan is absolutely white passing i mean they talked about how people didn't even think her mother was her mother that she was the nanny which lord jesus that would have to be heartbreaking and i would have to you know is wayne brady gonna have to slap a hoe you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh But I just find it very hard to be around such a multiracial environment in terms of her schools. Well, her elementary schools, because it seemed like her high school was a, you know, predominantly white. And frankly, throughout the documentary, most of her friends are predominantly white or non-Black people. And I say that to say one of the conversations that went on on Black Twitter is, I'm going to need Megan to have more Black friends. Who's that? Oprah or Tyler Perry? (laughs) Or Serena Williams. (laughs) I don't know. I just thought that was an interesting conversation. Because you think about it, we are all a product of our environment, especially at those very formative years and ages. I can see the difference within families of people who went to certain schools and the friend groups that they had and the results of that. So very, I mean, I, I understood it, but I also loved this deeper dive into Megan because when we talked about her podcast I realized how little I actually did know about her and her backstory so seeing even more in particular even more details about the relationship with her father I from all the coverage and the way that he has thrown her under the bus 
in the public eye did not realize that they had ever had the level of a relationship that it seems like they had. That broke yes. my heart. That would be absolutely heartbreaking, especially leading up to the quote unquote biggest day of your life, right? But it's like, how could you trade in your only child who spent every weekend with you throughout her life, who was a self-proclaimed daddy's girl? How would you throw your child under the bus just for some money? Heartbreaking, Ashley. Heartbreaking. Again, speaking of who is Meghan Markle, her her voice, her writing ability, her standing in being a feminist started as, as young as, I believe they say, like 11 years old writing to P&G over a Donad. Mm-hmm. Like that would definitely be a formative moment, right? That would start the gears into some of the work that she did alongside her acting career where she spoke at the freaking UN, March of 2015. That is nothing to sneeze at. Okay. She was so poised. It made yes. it made me realize like, oh, y'all were really much more well matched than anyone yes. realizes or knew. Thank you. And and he saw that. He saw that because like what I loved in the first episode, he was like, Oh, he had a list. And they're like, What was on your list? And he was like, she is the list. This is the list. <laughs> this right here. He looks at her so lovingly with like the little blush on his cheeks. I'm like, oh, they love each other. And again, hearing the book gave even more context to that because I've never heard him speak about his other relationships and the struggles that he went through yes. with those women. So I appreciated how open yes. he was about those relationships that he had prior to Megan that gives much more context to why when he found the one Oh my God. He knew it. He knew it. Also, she was entrepreneurial. Like, first of all, she had that American hustle, right? That grit. She was a working actress trying to find her way. She landed a series regular, which is a big deal. And she had her side business, The Tig, where she captured, you know, it's glorified blogging. (laughs) But it was what we call now a lifestyle brand, a lifestyle website. All of that. Exactly. So she was doing the damn thing being of their relationship now that it's public and the british press is starting to have a field day i love how self-aware prince harry is when it comes to he's like you know it was really important for us to be together in quiet as long as possible before literally the world got a hold of it and he talked about even dressing in disguises in order for them to date would you do anything like that for a man ashley that type of stuff would be fun to me like (laughs) evading and eluding and the secrecy and the mystique oh i bet the sex was phenomenal (laughs) you know (laughs) the stuff that keeps it spicy right there who we gotta hide from today but no it was obviously very wise and again this was not his first rodeo so it made a lot of sense. And Megan being just so outside of the realm of any of this and just allowing him to just guide her yeah, blindly. I was like, oh, girl, I definitely all, am not you. First of all, I'm so glad that you <laughs> said that because there have been several times where I'm like, he should have prepared you for that. When he just was like, oh, you know how to curse right? My, my grandma is around the corner. Sir, no, I need proper time to prepare don't 
I'm an American. Why do I need to know how to curtsy? That's why the insertion of the Princess Diaries clip was everything. Because that's what we all imagine. We all imagine that they get some type of formal training, that they get told all of the etiquette. No, my girl had to Google the anthem. She nothing. And, you know, that's also really pissed me off about the media coverage. They kept saying, oh, she broke protocol. She broke protocol. What protocol? Yeah, they made that stuff up. <laughs> he was saying, he was like, yeah, that a lot of that was just completely fabricated. Obviously, the coverage of her was horrendous, but this exacerbated, seeing it all together like this, yes. exacerbated my feelings and thoughts about it for sure. I was like, I can't imagine being under that type of scrutiny. Absolutely. Let's go ahead and get into our episode three. The couple's 2017 engagement sparked both cynicism and hope as Megan grapples with royal protocols, tabloid headlines begin to involve her family. So the thing that gave this documentary a little bit of meat on his bones is some of the history lessons they went ahead and provided. And when I tell you I was not ready for them to keep it 1000 the way they did it. That part. I was like, Harry, you said, listen, speak the big facts. (laughs) Speak all the big facts. And you had black journalists. Yes. They were the the MVPs. They were the MVPs of this documentary, by the way. Particularly the one black lady, what she said about thinking he was probably just a regular royal, a little bit racist, all this. I said, oh, shit. Okay. You know, he's going to see this, right? But they let it go. They, they let, let it go. go. It was in the final edit. Baby. It was in the final edit. I literally have in my notes here, Ashley. I'm like, look at him being the woke prince. Talk about unconscious bias, sir. Your ancestors will be rolling in their grave. <laughs> he is his mother's freaking son. That's all I got. He is his mother's son. He said, dad, sorry. <laughs> they gave us this history lesson, giving us context on... What makes the British monarchy the freaking British monarchy and how that it was essentially a PR stunt from calling it the British Empire to calling it the Commonwealth. Like most colonized society, we like to uh, whitewash history and forget a lot of things. (laughs) Not we, not we, not not I, not not you and me. shoved down our throats. (laughs) It ain't us. Trust, it ain't us. But apparently, Britain history, it's like, oh, well, we abolished slavery in 1830. Like, what do you mean? You know, but then they went as far in this documentary to talk about how the British government compensated slave owners. It was still happening up until fairly recently, fairly recently through taxation. It's crazy. (sighs) So they give us this lesson on the power of this monarchy that he is a part of. And they also highlight the state the world was in during their courtship and engagement announcement. And let us not forget, it was during Brexit and over here in America, that's when 45 came into power. Everything that was originally covert was overt. (laughs) Okay. During those years, and people were shameless. I know one of the running jokes on Black Twitter was like, Can racists be secret again? Can y'all put y'all white capes back for a little bit? (laughs) Back in the the secret closet you got in your house? 
I think they did a great job with that because it helped create an understanding of the temperature of the country and its environment. With the engagement, there was a lot of public appearances. She did her first walkabout, which he did not give her any help with or anybody from the freaking institution that they always have to sign off on. The people loved them. They are stars. I know I kept saying that about Wednesday, but there is something about Megan and Harry that is just that X factor that a lot of the royal family just simply do not have. Yeah, I think a matter of the dynamics between them, a matter of the fact that Harry was already favorited amongst the royal family. So him finding his princess was everything to the people. Yes. Timing of it, the fact that, you know, I think a lot of the country... In, a lot of them in general probably ready to see something new see a transition and then also finally it's an actual love match it's an yes. actual love match so that part megan's sister i don't even really want to give her this much airtime, but she's a monster her half sister has been speaking of making money off of megan's ascent to the british monarchy what I did know is that she had a freaking daughter. And Ashley, I didn't know that either. We find out that Megan reconnected with her niece, who wasn't even raised by her sister. I'm not even about to get into that, but adopted by the grandparents. Say, yeah. For the sister who has a lot to say about her quote unquote pushy little half sister that she didn't spend any time with, she didn't take care of her own child. I just thought it was a beautiful moment within the documentary to show really Megan's heart. Like, I'm like, you can't be a person in Hollywood as long as Megan has been and not hear anything, anything bad about her. But then like, yes, you walking up into Beckham Palace and bullying people. I find that very hard to believe, Ashley. I also think as Americans, we just look at it way differently because our culture is a different culture. So what someone may consider to be pushy or rude, which again was reiterated in the book moments, I'm like, that wasn't pushy or rude. All she did was speak the tr- her mind or speak her truth. And the way that she comes across, I doubt she did it in a way that many people would, which means y'all are getting the soft bubblegum American version of what yes. y'all would consider to actually be rude. Y'all wouldn't yes. be ready for some of the rest of us. But the biggest takeaway I had about her sister was the lengths her sister went to to spread misinformation yes all these accounts all this stuff like you really have this little joy in your own life that this is all you have to do with your time i'm gonna pray for you that was sad i was like you are a monster i don't know what created this within you but she's clearly an unhappy person clearly clearly Sure enough, during one of the holiday parties, Princess Michael of Kent shows up with a racist brooch. You think that was intentional? I have no idea. It just seems like it was probably ignorance, if nothing else. But would they have even made mention of it if Meghan had not been dating and been with Harry at that point? Would it have even been a matter of discussion, is the question. Because how much of that stuff has probably gone on over the years? Listen... It's their everyday way of life, right? So mm-hmm. it's like, oh, what do you mean? Exactly. What do you mean? Y'all walking around with diamonds dripping with blood, historical blood. So <laughs> I don't know what y'all consider to be offensive or not. 
Another takeaway from this episode that I think it's worth mentioning is Megan's wardrobe. She mentioned that she intentionally wore muted colors. My question to you is, how often do Black women slash women of color shrink themselves? Dim their light, right? In her case, again, getting more context to her childhood, her feeling lonely, wanting this big family, coming in under this microscope, wanting to blend in, wanting to not cause offense. I understood it. And let's be honest, Meghan Markle looks great no matter what freaking color she wears. Yes, exactly. But unfortunate, again, that we're getting the side of things of, I really just wanted to get along with everybody. I really, really tried my hardest and did everything I could possibly do to, to integrate myself with as little friction as possible. And it just was never enough for them. It was never enough. And these are her in-laws. Like, yes, they're royals. But imagine coming into a family with your in-laws and just not being able, you're you're doing everything you can and just not being able to really connect. Crazy. Sorry, except for Eugenie. Shout out to Eugenie and Jack. Yes. The MVPs out here. Exactly. Episode four. It's the wedding episode. Harry and Meghan's wedding is a resounding success. However, as their popularity grows, internal rifts and media coverage take a worrying toll. The wedding. What were you doing May 19th, 2018? I remember being in my apartment. I remember I I had not fully decided whether or not I was going to watch this because I did not watch Kate and William's wedding. I didn't care anything about it. But something woke me up. Early in the morning, because obviously, given that they're in Britain, it was very early our time. And I was like, let me go ahead and check out this royal wedding. I watched it on my phone. And I I watched it on my phone. And I was hooked. Girl. Even, Even watching it back gave me goosebumps, particularly the gospel choir. Yes. That gospel choir... And the preacher brought out all the MVP. emotions. MVP. First of all, I was clutching my pearls over the preacher because he was talking about some some about slavery or American something or other. And I'm like, oh, the queen is right there. The fact that one of their guests said what we any person probably of color, but particularly black people were feeling if they watch, which was that look of recognition of this is a moment. It this is. is the blackest royal wedding. That you'll probably ever see for the foreseeable future. And it was everything. I thought that wedding was exceptional to actually watch the day of. First of all, I watched William and Kate's wedding. I got up really early for that. My mom got up for Diana and Charles's wedding. So like, I continue that tradition. And then Harry being my favorite royal, I'm like, and Mary Meghan? I'm like, of course I'm watching this wedding this wedding and mind you i have a fresh baby on my hip so i'm like i am getting up early this baby's gonna watch this wedding with me (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna make this happen it was so beautiful it was so beautiful like you felt the love when harry bit his lip when he saw her i was like sir the world is watching (laughs) (laughs) compose yourself young man no, when he said his thought was, look what I got. 
Yeah, I was like, look what I found. You are hilarious. You are hilarious, especially probably because when I saw it back again and I saw William, the look on William's face, William was thinking the same thing. Like, damn, he bested me again. This motherfucker. Because <laughs> she was beautiful. She was so simply, elegantly beautiful, too. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to lie. I was not in love with her dress, but I adore that veil. That veil was everything. I feel like the dress made sense because of the formality of everything. I think it was elegant. It was chic. It was form-fitting. But you, it's not like you can go have the tatas or the legs. It's probably none no, of that. But out. I also think she wasn't allowed to upstage Kate's dress either. I don't. I think there was a level of po- politicking on that front too and i don't even remember what that woman dress looked like so that's that's <laughs> don't matter it was gonna be more memorable because of who was wearing it didn't matter what the dress actually was so i thought she was beautiful were you surprised that prince charles walked her halfway down that aisle when her dad wasn't able to show up i remember being just touched that that's how that kind of went because of the hoopla about her father and everything that was going on and i thought that that meant that charles was better than i had given him credit for that he stepped up to the plate in her time of need and it sounded like she may have felt that way at the time too so at that time yep i chose my words very very carefully And those wedding pictures were everything, especially at the reception. I'm like, y'all look like y'all had a good ass time. And Idris as the DJ had no idea. (laughs) Yes. Love it. Love it. Love it. A lot is going on in this episode because Megan is an official, her royal highness. She goes on her first engagement with the queen. Everyone talked about how she had the queen in stitches. They move on to... Kensington Palace grounds in the Nottingham Cottage. Uh, according to Oprah, no one would ever believe it. <laughs> <laughs> and couldn't you hear that in, in the Oprah voice too when they said it? Absolutely, especially because Oprah was like, "This is smaller than my, you know, my basement in one of my houses. My <laughs> dogs have better accommodations than this. I guarantee you, that's what she was thinking. <laughs> Not a prince of England." <laughs> And that's the thing. Perception and reality are so vastly different. So, so different. Seeing the peaks behind the curtains has been fascinating for that alone. That I didn't even really talk about her literally flying back and forth from Canada to Britain to spend time with him because they didn't want to spend more than two weeks away from each other. Her foot in that bill. Her How stand- much was Suits paying? Okay. How much was Suits paying? She had her own money, unlike him. She absolutely did. That's what I'm saying. How much, like, she wasn't making no chump change on that show. Not at all. Not at all. And honestly, you were talking about them being paired perfectly. He needed a woman who knew how to live independently for him to make that step away from, you know, this institution. Absolutely. But she hit the ground running. I mentioned the first engagement with the queen. She had a freaking cookbook in honor of the Greenfield fires that 
unfortunately impacted a lot of immigrants and people of color. That freaking Australian tour. Why is it that Australia is where people like Princess Diana and Prince Harry and Meghan go show how wonderful they are and they come home to, I don't even know what word I want to use right now, Ashley, just a dumpster fire. Pettiness. It's pettiness. Petty, 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 to quote Beyonce. Yeah, and it's not just within the family. It got real heated. (laughs) It got real heated. But you're telling me it's also y'all press offices that flame the fires of the competition and of the pettiness within the family. That was a revelation. It really was. During that tour, she announced that she was having a baby. Um, They got back and there was an event where all the royal family was there, but it was for the queen. And look who was on the cover, Megan. And the fact that she was like, no, 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 no. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. But then the fact that they want to chastise her for what the media does. That's insane, Ashley. I don't know what all goes on within that institution to keep it running. I'm not going to pretend like I do. This is just a perspective that somebody obviously told me on the outside. But I'm just super curious, especially after hearing this, of how much is reality and how much is um, more paranoia about what the press and all of this will do to the institution itself. Because at this point in time, I just feel like Everything was so solidified that if y'all had just embraced change versus pushing it away, these things would have ended so, or not ended, because it's not like it's over, but the series of events would have been so different. Like, I just like there's almost felt like a paranoia still within the royal family that because of the hierarchy, if this lower tier person is getting more coverage, it's going to cause problems. Who said, who wrote this book that said that? It's still coverage, positive coverage of the royal family, of the institution. But when you have people literally wiping your ass from birth saying you are the chosen one by birth, and then you see somebody, let alone an American divorcee actress, coming in, having that natural born X factor that you wish you had. So it's just all ego. It's just everybody needs a little ego stroked. I'm convinced and I'm saying this knocking on wood. I'm convinced you can't have happiness after centuries of pillaging and ruining people's lives around the world. You know, you know, like like something's got to give, right? Well, that's that on that, then, Dolores. All right, <laughs> I ain't got nothing else to say. That's that on that. <laughs> that's biblical, right there. You're paying for the sins of your ancestors. And the fact that y'all have not broken all these institutions down brick by brick to atone for it. That's all. That's, oh, that's that on that. All right. We're done. We're We're done. (laughs) It was them also highlighting Princess Di's trip to Australia. If you're fans of the crown, this is more in recent years. But that picture of Princess Diana crying in Australia because the people didn't want to want to see him, but they wanted to see his new wife. And he was so jealous. He gave her so much grief over that. 
I still can't. Even when they like, I I want to give grace to Charles and even to Camilla a bit these days because of the fact that there obviously is so much more going on that we just don't know about, and it's not like their lives have been perfect. But it's things like that that I just can't get over because in moments when you could have chosen kindness, it seemed like you never did. Even with another person who was just falling victim to the same things that were going on within the family and within the press where was where was the love if you ever loved her exactly exactly and we talked about this when we briefly talked about the crown diana was so young and she was so alone 19 when they got married right to this 30 plus year old man who was only interested in getting married because he was supposed to and having babies because he was supposed to and going off to his girlfriend famously said after harry was born all right my job is done. Ashley, so a lot happened after this Australia trip. The media coverage was wonderful and then it wasn't. There was a splitting of offices between Prince William and Prince Harry's interest. Megan, during this entire time, is very much pregnant. And when I tell you the hormones that go on during, you know, that time in your life and getting that type of vitriol. The fact that she said it would all stop if I'm just not here, like, uh, and then her friends wanted to do something and they, they had that People Magazine article. I just, this was very sad to watch. Unimaginable, unfathomable, unless you walk in those shoes. And again, this is one of the times where I'm sure people are like, oh, y'all keep talking about this, the, the coverage, the coverage, how bad the press is, how bad the press is, but you will never understand until you go through it how brutal that has to really be so there i feel like to know that your in-laws communication offices are leaking knowing that they have been covering up ill-fitted stories by making up stories and throwing you your wife under the bus yeah i think that they're intention with this documentary with the book with everything is to continue to shine a light on the issues with the press because they just feel like if they don't have the voice to amplify and hopefully create change who will and who does so i've started to see it almost as like a campaign of like here's the reality let hopefully we'll telling our story will help to do something about it so that nobody else has to go through this the way that we have So when everybody's like, shut up, go away. Why are you talking so much about all this stuff? I think that's one of the biggest reasons. I agree. And this is their life and their story. And I feel like they are allowed to talk about it. Absolutely. There are, there's some critique like, oh my goodness, you're a prince of England and you know, y'all are living first world problems. But I feel like those death threats are very real. (laughs) The fact that your own family doesn't support you enough and literally take away your security that's a problem and you need to say something about it i think after what happened to nancy pelosi's husband too with that break in and attack that to me amplified my feeling that people are way more vulnerable than we think that they are you know what i'm saying and who are people in the public eye exactly he is through birth and his time as a war a soldier it's warranted it's warranted. I just feel like we're at such a heightened level with people and their antics, not just online, but possibly that bleeding over. Yeah. Ooh, has to be terrifying. Has to. Archie is born. 
of course, is the media stir up when they do not do the traditional walkout, literally an hour after giving birth, which was always insanity to me. I'm like, you're obviously wearing a diaper. Why are we doing this? <laughs> I thought of Game of Thrones. Remember when Rhaenyra had to go take the walk up to see the yep. queen so she could see what, and she's dripping blood. Yep. Barely able to stand. Yep. That's what I imagine. The people are the queen. And we're saying, show me that baby. <laughs> no matter what it takes for you physically. Are you okay? Three simple words, a question. And it ultimately was a tipping point <laughs> for the end for them. Again, first world problems. But do you want to hear a princess talk about how she's not okay? Do I personally? Yeah, I'm curious. I mean, she's still a human being. We have empathy, but yes. She's still a human being. So yeah, I'm not going to be like, oh, I don't care if she's saying she's going through stuff. And let's be honest, at the time, Megan felt like ours. She had a very special place in our hearts. So we were even more attuned to what she had to say in regards to her experience. For me, that was the first time when I realized, oh, she must not be close to anybody in that house then or that palace. Like you don't even have your sister-in-law asking, you know, she has three kids and she doesn't ask you, are you okay? How are things going with your babe? That was a flag for me. All right. Episode five, after a private correspondence with her family, our elite, Harry and Megan make a critical decision and ensuing online campaigns turn chilling so this episode talks a lot about their lawsuit so they really did something that the royal family has never done and that's sue uh this comes shortly after a letter that megan wrote at the direction of senior royals to her father is leaked to the press. The couple decides to go to Canada to take a breather because a lot is going on. There's a lot of back and forth on their next steps because, you know, them stepping out on this lawsuit was, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back when it came to their relationship with the institution. I was really fascinated by the fact that there was an opportunity for them to move outside of Britain. New Zealand was on the table. South Africa was on the table. And obviously Canada was on the table. I think it would have been really wise for them to have gone to Africa considering literally Megan being a person of color. And they made this note multiple times throughout this documentary that the Commonwealth is made up of 50 countries and like 2.5 billion people, and most of them are black and brown people. So to have Harry, and Harry is about that wildlife. <laughs> wild, wildlife. He found himself in Africa, the way he speaks about it within his book. But their conversations somehow keeps leaking. Ashley? Sabotage. He does, he does it in the book too, and I'm sure there's more once I finally make it to the third act. But he's candid on his thoughts on his father and brother's communication offices. Like, he thinks Camilla's a snake. (laughs) I'm putting it into generalizations here, but um, I don't know. That was my interpretation. What What did you think? 
I definitely think that all of the infighting that went on exacerbated probably the tension that was already there. But in terms of this particular incident of sabotage, I was like, is this the folks who work for these people who are doing things to sabotage him? Or is it the family themselves? I wish I knew that question. I wish I knew whether or not they do things without the directive of Charles and William. Because there are employees who are like that, who are like, I'm still going to do what's in the best interest of my principal, as they called them. True. But I think it's a little bit of both because their principal has the authority to call them out on their sugar honey iced tea. For sure. Doesn't mean there aren't some bad, even really bad apples within the bunch who will do some shady-ish, though. (laughs) Not excusing the royals at all. But I knew they were shady when they didn't want to have this conversation with Megan involved. They waited till she left to go back to Canada to have a discussion on where she and Prince Harry are going to land. Very frustrating for her. Very. Speaking of leaked correspondence. So obviously they made their Instagram post that was very infamous. Like that was such a big deal. I think we talked about it in our quick headlines and hot topics back in the day. Probably. (laughs) They were like, Ah, this is nice. We're stepping back, not down, but back. When Prince Harry said that that article about his brother bullying them out. And then they had like, oh, there's a joint statement between the brothers saying that'll never happen. He was like, I had nothing to do with that. Crazy. Their farewell week was something of legend because the wardrobe alone, Ashley, Let's talk about some fun stuff here. It was heartbreaking because you can tell they really love the work. But what I love the most is how much people still showed them love during their final engagements. Like, it's like, if you had that much public support, would you still put up with the bullshit that went on during, you know, in the institution? No, I mean, I think it had become an impossible situation when someone becomes suicidal Yes. It don't really matter what else is going on. So I was glad to see it too, especially because they were like, at that point, we didn't know how the public felt it, whether they believed what they had been reading and hearing or not. So it was lovely that they got to go out on a nice note. I love that Harry was like, it was my decision to go. Megan never said to go, but I'm like, I think his book actually helped with that narrative too in my personal opinion like he has always been his own man forever and always (laughs) and so if he was like oh I'm done we're going you're going (laughs) they always just want to turn her into a villain so I wanted to talk to you about this fashion thing did you have a favorite look from the rainbow of color that Megan had on that farewell week I don't remember if I had a favorite look. I just loved the unleashing of the full power of her fashion desires. I remember the green was a real standout with the little yes. bond or the little, I don't remember, with fascinator, I think is what you call yes. those hats. Um, just because it was very chic, but all of her outfits were chic. So I loved all of them. I mean, that blue outfit with her and him in the freaking rain, give me just stop it just stop it it was too much it was picture perfect the red the red was gorgeous and then to your point the green I think they did a really good job 
talking about the sadness that went on during their final week or farewell week in the documentary they talk about the death of a dream and how much her being in the monarchy how impactful her representation would have been and the fact that they didn't have the capacity to fight for her is a damn shame their loss for sure it's them showing all the really bad tours, the awful, awful photo ops with Kate shaking hands with people through gates. And then did you see that? Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. I was just like, they have no shame. <laughs> like They were like, they show, yeah, of course, you have Megan and Harry hugging all the children of, you know, the world. And then it's like those awful, awful tours from their relatives. It's a mess. All right, so they did a really great job at the end of this episode talking about the need for them to go because they were not only leaving, but their security was dropped and a thing called COVID was happening and the borders were closing. Episode six, the couple arrived in California where a friend takes them in in painful losses and legal battles. Harry and Meghan begin to forge their path ahead in the bingo card choice of tyler perry being such an integral part of their move to the united states that i didn't anticipate i i was not ready ashley like i want to take a moment and give a round of applause to tyler perry because (laughs) he don't be knowing people but his generosity is legend he covered Whitney Houston's plane ride, her final plane ride from LA to New Jersey. He's done so much for so many people. And obviously a lot of it doesn't come out, but when you hear about it, you're like, what? Tyler Perry flew out and housed a fleeting Prince of England and his wife and said, stay as long as you need to. And didn't know this girl, didn't know anything about this girl. It was wild. I remember when the story broke that he had been keeping them in his house and everybody's like, what? What's the connection? So then to get even more information to know that he merely just texts her to say, hey, I'm praying for you. I know we've never met X, Y, and Z. And then he's like, if he does this for strangers, what does he do for friends and family? One can only imagine. Hey, Cicely Tyson, a million dollars just for showing up for a half day's work because she's a legend. That's another one I forgot to mention earlier. I just, I thought this was really beautiful. He felt connected to her and the madness leading up to her losing her father during the wedding, which unfortunately I know a lot of wealthy, rich and famous people deal with, you know, a deterioration of family relationships uh, during their rise. But man, to house them and stay as long as you need because they didn't have a plan. I just thought that was so beautiful. So beautiful. I was not expecting him to be named little Lilibeth Godfather. The funny thing about that scene, though, is when he said, wait, do we have to go over there and do a whole thing with them? If we got to do all that, like y'all can do that without me. Let's just do a little thing here. And then let that be it. And I was thinking, like, is that because you just don't want the pomp and circumstance? So you like, yo, fuck your family. I've heard the real tea and I don't fuck with them. <laughs> I think it's the latter because he actually said that. He was like, the Oprah interview is a major part of this episode as well. 
And he even said that she didn't even say half the stuff she could have said about Mm -hmm. what happened to her. But she told her story and she did it in a gracious way. Were you surprised that her comments on the royal family questioning the baby's color ended up being such a runaway conversation from that interview? I've never had the luxury to pass as a white woman in society. So I knew very damn well what the headline was going to be. I'll just leave that there. Did she really think people were going to grab to that? Gravitate to that though? She might have. She really might have. We knew. Oprah knew. We absolutely did know. <laughs> absolutely. Do you think it was fair for Tyler Perry to compare Harry and Meghan's relationship to the royal family, the institution, to being in an abusive relationship? I think there's truth to that in terms of probably emotional abuse. And that's him. That's the analogy he's making as being someone who comes from a family of abuse. So yeah, that is his own money, the cutting off the security for them to come back. That's his own lived experience. So sure, sure. This comes up. Have you ever confided in a stranger? Confided. This came up because as we mentioned before, Tyler Perry didn't have an existing relationship with Meghan Markle, but he called her and she really cried and opened up to him. Have you ever done anything like that? I've only done it with someone I've paid to speak to and that's my therapist. I don't have the reach of a Meghan Markle where I have any, <laughs> anyone of note that I can think of that I've just had a casual conversation with. But I will say that there have been times in life where you may be going through something and you're talking to somebody you don't know well and they just catch you at a moment and you reveal a truth that you maybe haven't shared with anybody else about what yes. you're going through at a particular moment or how you feel about something at a particular moment. Yep. Because those people don't have any notion or preconceived thoughts about you. And they're coming from a very different place than your friends or family. Yep. I have. When I was pregnant, I was in shock. And it was so early that I didn't feel comfortable telling anybody, any friends or family, frankly. And I remember being at the grocery store and I ended up talking to somebody randomly. And I was like, yeah, I'm pregnant. And it was like, it kind of made it real. You know what I mean? And they were so happy and like being in a state of shock, you're like, oh, this is happy news. And so like telling this news to people and seeing the reaction to it, it was like, huh, <laughs> it was a moment and I thought it was worth asking. So a lot happened in this final episode. We got a chance to see Harry and Megan win their lawsuits against the British tabloids Harry frankly said that he does not expect any type of genuine accountability or apology from his family. And so he's moving forward with him and Megan's life and family. Megan's niece is back. So we didn't really get a chance to finish that conversation. So she was able to reconnect with her niece, but because of the drama leading up to the wedding with her father and her half-sister, for quote-unquote optics, Ashley was not invited. That really hurt my feelings. I'm sure it hurt hers. I'm glad that she was so open-hearted once the door 
open back up for them to reconnect. But it was sad, especially because she knew that yet again, it was the result of things that her mother was doing. Like, you already didn't raise this child. Now you're interfering in a very important relationship in her life. Girl, girl, girl. Did this docuseries help or hurt their brand? For me or for the public? I'm open. For me, it didn't hurt their brand at all. I, like I said, enjoyed the series, obviously. For the public, I do think that there is a perception to how much of it, even to the point that it talked about in the documentary, is a reflection of the reality of the wider public or just the trolls and few people and commenters. But comments I've seen from even Don Lemon, from other celebrities, from the comments under posts, it seems like people want them to stop sharing. It seems like people want them to be silenced, want them to have more respect for his family and not share these moments and these facts. I think that's unfortunate. I think that history is not going to look kindly on that opinion because I I do think that there's going to be changes that result from them speaking out. Will they be invited to King Charles' coronation? No, I don't think think they'll be invited. They were even supposedly snubbed from like a BAFTA event recently. I saw that, but I only saw that headline and, w- and it was like under page six and I didn't really want to believe that. So I was like, mm, I have to check something else. I think it's going to be a tough sale with the family for a while for any major events. So will Prince Harry's children get their titles? I don't know. I don't know about any of that. But at this point, do they even care? And I say that because the prince and princess title is automatic based off how close they are to the crown you know it was optional when your grandmother's the queen but when your daddy's king it changes things you know final thoughts on harry and Meghan. i hope that they get the closure and peace of mind that they need in their lives to live it to the fullest i hope that these crazy kids make it is something that i've said multiple times since (laughs) all of this info has come out like they better not break up they better not get a divorce (laughs) after all of these shenanigans after everything that they've gone through yes it will be very very upsetting so i hope that these crazy kids make it what about you i agree Their love story is something that people make up on a regular basis, and it is beautiful. It's so beautiful. Like, all the feels. I appreciate them telling their story. Whether it's too much too soon, they got bills to pay. (laughs) They live in California. They got security. They are completely cut off, and they have to make a living somehow. You know what I mean? And I think they'll be fine. I, I love them as a couple because... I talked about them having that X factor, which they do, but you can tell their heart is in the work. And Megan had them shook. She started hitting the pavement running, okay, with the cookbook, with her engagement with the queen, with the reception that they had at their their tours. Like I'm I'm satin that the pettiness and the ego of the other royal family 
drove them away because they were doing good work and the people saw it. They knew it. They felt it. And they saw, you know, and Harry from his own country, he had to flee his own country. But, you know, pettiness and jealousy in the royal family is a tale as old as time. It's another Beyonce song. Jealousy. (laughs) Don't you jealous me. Speaking of Beyonce, I really was about to bring her up. I really loved Harry's reaction when Megan got a text from her. It was adorable. That's everyone's reaction. (laughs) I got a text from Beyonce. What? You should go call her. Go ahead. It's a little camera here. Don't worry about that. Beyonce just text. Go ahead. All right. Well, I enjoyed having this conversation. Thank you, Ashley. Now it's time for Hitting Gems. All right, guys. I have three. My first one, speaking of institutions, this is Haunt for Jesus, Save Your Soul on Amazon Prime. Oh, how was it? This film, I'm going to let you know, starring Regina Hall and Sterling K. Brown, for those who are unaware, is a satirical comedy focused on the aftermath of a huge church scandal. The first lady of the prominent megachurch, played by Regina, attempts to help her husband, the pastor, played by Sterling, rebuild the congregation. Honestly, I think I need a second viewing of this to fully digest it because there's so much nuance. And as both of us having grown up in the church and all of that, there's just a lot to unpack. Okay. But this is the feature film directorial debut for writer, director, and producer Adama Ebo. And this film is based on a 2018 short of the same name she did inspired by her own life growing up in the church. So I really enjoyed that aspect of things her and her sister her twin sister started their own production company and i just think it's definitely worth the watch they are both up for awards for the naacp image awards for this performance and i think it really took them both out of their boxes in ways that are interesting to see uh particularly sterling k brown so who i love my cousin yes (laughs) Check this one out on Amazon Prime. My second one, Mythic Quest. This is on Apple TV+. I stumbled across this series. Centers on the team and office hijinks behind the biggest multiplayer video game of all time. Three seasons are out currently and it is renewed for a fourth. Apparently this show is so successful. Apple TV Plus has even ordered a spinoff series called Mere Mortals that's in development. I would highly recommend this show for gamers as well as lovers of workplace comedies. My last and final hidden gem is called Vengeance on Amazon Prime. This is from the mind of BJ Novak. Speaking of workplace comedies from The Office fame, this is his directorial debut. He stars as a journalist from New York who travels to Texas and ends up starting a what? Podcast to help investigate after the sudden death of a woman he hooked up with. BJ Stars, as well as Issa Rae, Ashton Kutcher. The message I took from this movie, too, was interesting. So I really need somebody else to watch it so I can talk about it and share more. But I would recommend this film for lovers of dark comedy. So there you go. Those are my three for this week. What about you? Thank you, Ashley. I have two this week. And because we were talking about Prince Harry, Prince of England, I thought my hidden gems should be very British. All right. <laughs> so the first one is a YouTube show called 
Chicken Shop Date. It is created by this lady named Amelia. It's essentially her going on dates with a lot of random people, a lot of celebrities, and it's hilarious. It is so freaking hilarious. She's recently been doing red carpets and her interactions with Andrew Garfield has been adorable because it's a little bit of flirting, but hilarious. Again, she's so funny. Very dry British humor, which, you know, I love. But the episode that I want to highlight in particular is with the Kiki Palmer because Kiki is a mess. She is a master storyteller. She don't play about her chicken. Okay. My second hidden gem is Spare by Prince Harry. Although I was unable to finish it because I will finish it because I'm a completist. Okay. <laughs> is that a thing? A completist? I, I think it is. I think it is kind of. Yeah. Um, I just got to get through this war section because I can't wait to get to the Megan section. The audiobook is so fire. Like, he's really good. Like, his voice is just right. You know, is when I say it's just right, like, his British accent isn't overwhelming, which, for whatever reason, I anticipate it. But it's a series of stories in chronological order. I didn't know what, ex- what to expect, frankly, because... When the book started, I was like, oh, these chapters are so short. But I'm like, oh, these are just different stories he's telling. Ashley, when he talked about losing his mother, and spoiler alert, only referred to her being missing and not dead. Yeah. I'm about to tear up just right now. Okay? <laughs> like- the way he psychologically has processed it was something to understand for sure so much so much in that book though so much so much (sighs) and i just want to give him a hug when i meet him you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) and he seems like a wonderful hugger yes 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 as i mentioned during this recap it is one of the best-selling books of all time and apparently he had enough information to write another book he actually they said his first draft was 800 pages and he had to skim it because he didn't want to insult his family with some of the stories he could have included they're pissed no matter what at this point regardless exactly (laughs) exactly so and how again another spoiler alert they didn't want prince charles to marry camilla (laughs) The fact the queen didn't go to that wedding was news yes! to me. I ain't know that. I did. And I, I was like, that. what BS answer did she give that day? She's probably Usher's mom. I'm not coming. <laughs> Period. So, very insightful. A lot of, <laughs> you know, it's in his, it's, it's literally in his voice. So, highly recommend it. Spare, a memoir by Prince Harry. And that's all I have for today. All right, guys. Thank you so, so much for sticking with us today. Hope you enjoyed. Be sure to check out some of these recommendations. And we will be back as usual to talk more tea about the pop culture streets. So until then, be blessed. See you next time. Bye.